Yeah, so that was um, Sally Fields from her, um, was it 1992? Oh, shoot, I'll have to IMBD that. But that's uh, Sally Fields uh, getting her um, acceptance speech on for her uh, second Oscar. And um, we do that in honor of Robert Pettis. Robert Pettis, today's Soybean Aphid podcast is for you. Uh, Robert Pettis, for those of you who are just tuning in, is our number one fan, quite possibly our only fan, quite possibly our only listener. But today, Robert, it's all for you, buddy. Uh, down in the uh, uh, the website, www.soybeanafid.info, you can find a link to send us questions. And Robert asked um, if we were going to continue doing our podcast. And oh, are we now? <laughs> yes, <laughs> We have an audience, and we're going to uh, continue podcasting. Um, we did take a week off, uh, in part because we were busy. Um, Dr. Erin Hodson, who's right across from me, and she um, was out part of last week and part of this week with um, insect duties. And one of those was the soybean aphid insecticide evaluation that she's going to talk about here in a second. Um, but let's get started talking about soybean aphids, because stuff is happening Aaron, what have you been hearing? It's prime time for aphids in Iowa and also some of our surrounding states. Aphids are reaching the economic threshold of 250. Exceeding. Exceeding. So meeting and exceeding those thresholds. And this is in commercial fields uh, all over all over generally the northern half of Iowa. But So treatments are being made, and um, this really hasn't happened on a widespread level for a couple of years in our state. So Didn't happen last year. Didn't happen, yeah. And it's so, happening now. Yeah, it's happening now. Now is the time to treat when they exceed that threshold to protect yield. And not just, not just aphids on soybeans, uh, but also winged aphids. Uh, so I'm looking at a report from Brian Lang, uh, He's an extension agronomist with Iowa State University. Brian keeps uh, meticulous, detailed numbers here, um, the kind that people like Robert Pettis would, evalu- would value. Um, Brian has been sharing with us uh, accounts from some of his uh, trial data up in Decorah, Iowa. And starting in, um, you know, well, geez, he started in June – uh, tracking populations in both seed-treated and untreated soybeans. And pretty much from June um, 7th on, he found aphids. And they became uh, really significant uh, in August. Numbers went from, on August 1st, about 10 per plant, to August 8th, 25 per plant, August 15th, 73, to August 22nd, 383. So today is the 22nd. Got those numbers to us um, early or this morning, um, so they've exceeded threshold. And I'm wondering if that is consistent with what you saw yesterday when you did the insecticide evaluation. Yeah, we have a couple of of research areas. One is the northeastern part of the state near the Nashua farm, and then one is in the northwestern part of the state near the Sutherland farm. And our numbers aren't quite as impressive as Brian Lang was seeing. They are doubling populations every five to seven days. So Brian's populations are are growing even faster. Um, But uh, they are increasing rapidly and to a point where almost every plant has aphids. Those numbers are increasing steadily. And so we made treatments yesterday at the northeastern location. 
We have about 35 different treatments we put on, and then the Sutherland location, not quite as big. It's, it's around 20 treatments that's getting put on tomorrow. Winged aphids. Not just aphids on the plants, but the other thing that Brian noted was quite a few winged aphids on the plant and those flying around, about two to three per plant. Um, so that's, I think, an indication of uh, a couple of things. One, there's enough aphids on those plants that they're they're getting the sense that they got to move on. And uh, we're seeing then flights from those plants to other fields. And if fields are already infested, uh, they're going to get even more aphids, and they're going to be ready to start um, making some babies, making some sisters. Sorry, they're all uh, – they don't – yeah, they're, they all reproduce um, – Asexually, so that that is aphids up in the northern part of the state. Uh, what have you heard from further south? Have you heard anything? Um, I think from what I've been hearing from crop consultants and agronomists is that they can pretty easily find aphids even in the southern part of the state, but just those numbers aren't increasing quite as dramatically as maybe the fields in the north. And maybe one consistent thing that's been going on is that most of the fields seem to be late planted that are having um, that are having to treat now. So if you got in late, got those fields planted late, those should be the priority to look at and continue scouting until you get a full seed set. So when is it too late? When um, do we start to think about maybe not treating or um, uh, maybe thinking about... Uh, maybe pulling the trigger my my general recommendation is if you exceed threshold and it's not full seed set yet that is a, a point at which you'd probably make a economically smart choice if you, if you have aphids that are coming in late and like matt said there's a, a lot of winged aphids that are moving within fields and between fields and so if your population doesn't exceed threshold until r6 and so um that is a point when, you, when you're after full seed set. It's it's sort of a, a a best estimated guess on whether or not you'll make a profitable decision, and that's just based on how long the aphids have been there, the quality of the plants, how fast they moved from R5 to R6 to R7, and so the, really the only way to know if it was a smart treatment choice is to leave an untreated check strip and compare treated versus untreated because we just don't have enough data to say that a, a treatment at R6 is always going to pay off because sometimes it doesn't. What about products? <clears throat> what about products? Product choices. And so uh, that's what our efficacy evaluation looks at is all different kinds of chemistries, a few different formulations. And we also look at seed treatments and host plant resistance. And what I can say is that host plant resistance in Iowa holds up very well. And so those those plots that have host plant resistance have much lower aphid numbers than those that have susceptible seed. So that should be something to consider for future seed choices. But as far as insecticides, um, in general, if you make c contact with the aphid with whatever chemistry that's labeled, uh, you'll get good knockdown. So it's just making sure it's more of a question of volume and pressure than product choice to, so that if you have a canopy closed, you want to use higher volume and pressure to make contact with the aphids. Okay. Hey, we're getting close to the end. One last thing. Um, that was to remind me, uh, WHO TV is coming tomorrow to interview uh, our lab about some of the work we're doing with pollinators. So look for us, WHO TV, uh, probably Friday night or over the weekend. 
uh, with some tips on how to conserve pollinators. This is more for the home audience, but uh, home growers or master gardeners, that kind of thing. I'll put a link in the website. Thank you, Robert. Keep listening. Talk to you later.